Good morning. This is Jane Cormier, your host for Artful Living here on WKXL, New Hampshire Talk Radio.com. WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. So welcome for thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, we're going to have a wonderful conversation today with someone who is a friend of mine and a co-worker, and uh, her name is Kate Moat. So, Kate, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's always a fun talk. So for those of you that might have um, been checking out Artful Living in years past, or year past, I should say, um, Kate has been with us a couple of times, I think, and she always has some pretty cool themes to talk about with regard to youth, youth, not youth opera, youth theater. Yes. Uh, Everything's opera in my head, right? (laughs) And uh, she's a teacher. She's an artisan. I mean, she does it all. And uh, so it's always a great conversation. So Kate, tell our audience, what have you been up to lately? Yeah. So um, I think a big part of what I've been up to um, is getting everything back running after the the pandemic shutdown yeah um and you know building a program i think is a lot of um schools mm-hmm. in uh the state and in the country have been doing as well yeah um, always a challenge too yes it is you're coming from almost nothing right we're i mean most programs are always in a state of building mm-hmm. um and in this case, it's it's a little bit tougher because you're right. starting with kids who have missed a few years mm-hmm. um, and you're trying to get them, you know, used to the way that you do things. Right. Um, and this year we actually um, founders went to festival mm-hmm. for the first time in a while. Yeah. So that was um, that was a great opportunity to be able to get them back into theater. Again. Right. Right. Absolutely. So uh, you're at Founders Academy in Manchester. Yes. And how many years have you been there? Oh, um, without doing too much math, I'm going to say about eight years. Eight years. Yeah. I think it was nine. Yeah. I, I think you, you were there two years before myself. That could have been. And I was there. This was my seventh. Gotcha. So I think you had nine. Okay. Because weren't you there at the first year? Yes, I was. Yes. Yeah, see, so you are all the way from the beginning. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, so now Founder seems to be back from COVID and yeah. um, absolutely the building, rebuilding. Yeah. When you've had years missed. Yeah. You know, a, a few things that I'm, that I'm noticing within my theater kids is um, that they are so desperate to be back doing something together. Um, and they've really missed that sense of community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm, I think as most directors, I'm capitalizing on that and saying, well, let's let's work together on this. Yeah. Um, and also just working on some of those basic skills like projection mm-hmm. um, and, you know, voice. Um, yeah. And Which is kind of important. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, exactly. Um, you can't emote what the audience can't hear. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, we've been working on all of that and um, getting them back up to speed. Right, right. So so you said you went to festivals. Yeah. So what did you perform? So we performed um, an adaptation of Oscar Wilde's The Importance of Being Earnest. Oh my, a classic. <laughs> yes. So um, there are actually quite a few classics being performed this year at festival, which I think is, again, what? a part of that rebuilding and yeah. introducing kids to the classics. So it was interesting taking on a British comedy because uh-huh. <laughs> um, as a text that I've taught in the past in classes, you have to really 
dissect the language. Yeah. Um, but once they got the humor of it, they yeah. were ready to take it on as their own. Right. So, um, and that's probably nine tenths of the battle. Because the humor is a bit different. It's yes. you know, a little drier, a little yes. different rhythm to it. You know? Right. It's little jabs about society <laughs> here and there. Um, yeah. So very good, very good. It was fun. And so how did you do? Well, I mean, what was the yeah. what was it called? What what did what was the So we went to the um oh I'm a board member on the New Hampshire Educational Theater Guild. Cool. And what we do is we bring theater opportunities to students. So we do that in two different ways, primarily. The first is we have our um, Plymouth State workshops in the fall cool. where uh, students get to go to a college campus and uh, listen to college students and college professors mm-hmm. about specific topics. They can sign up for different sessions. That's awesome. It is. And um, then sometimes we'll stay that night to see the show that they're performing, too, so mm-hmm. they can hear them talk through you know, the best practices of theater and then see them actually uh, put that into effect. Action, yeah. So it was great. Um, cool. And then the other part of what we do is we have festivals. So we have regional festivals and then we have um, a state festival. And then um, beyond that, there's the New England Drama Festival. Uh, which wow. Is, so this, this, how many did you do? So we, we brought a show to regionals um, and... This year, we didn't move on to states, Mm -hmm. but um, it was a great opportunity for them to be able to see so many different types of theater. Yeah, yeah. Um, And they also focus on, you know, how to respond to someone else's artwork. Right. um, How to take feedback and response from... Is that not huge? It is. Oh, my God. I I am sorry. I'm a lot older than you. (laughs) She's a babe audience out there. Kate Moon is very young. And, of course, you know I'm not. So, um, But I have to say, in all of the years that I've worked with youth, and that's going on like 35, I have never seen a challenge with regard to the the students accepting yeah what you want to offer them in either a correction or a thought or something you can almost see the cringe mm-hmm. yeah and that so surprises me because I mean yeah they're my younger generation right I mean I'm older than them one generation but when I was a kid I wanted everything you could tell me yep. so I could improve exactly and that is not hit me with it all that was my perspective hit me with it all and uh, do you find that rare or is it just me (laughs) i think it's something that you have to learn i think it's trained in you i think it's uh i mean look at the world that we live in right right where like we don't like to open ourselves up to the possibility of somebody you know criticizing us um but it's you know how how do you walk through the process of getting you know um criticism potentially and what do you do with it afterwards right so being able to say like you know i think that feedback is really a great note it's not really what i'm looking to do mm-hmm. you know like teaching them that that's an okay process to go through it yeah. doesn't damage you. you of course you take what you can from it right um and i think too it's putting them in a position where they're analyzing other shows around them yeah huge um and listening to other schools getting feedback yep. from adjudicators yep. is a huge piece of it um, because then they realize, like, wait a minute, none of us is, is like, perfect. We all have things for, yes. to, to advance and to, to learn more of. And 
I think once you realize that, it takes away some of that vulnerability, I yeah. guess. A little bit of the stigma of I'm not perfect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which is so silly because, and, and I tell I tell students, whether they're drama or opera all the time, if you really look at the professional out there, um, they probably, if they're actively performing now, right, all year long, there's maybe two or three that a performer will say those were really great performances. Yeah. And the rest are like not perfect. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. And that's just how it is. But that doesn't impact how enjoyable of course the not. show can be. And right. I think, you know, um, do I want them to know their lines perfectly? Yes. But, um, you know, I also recognize that theater is a live art. So it's gonna it's gonna change, and each performance is gonna be a little bit different. Right. Um, hopefully, all the lines are said as they're supposed to. But and, and let me tell you, when you're in repertory and you're doing something again and again and again, that's a good thing because mm-hmm. it's so easy to get bored with something that you've done five, six nights a week. Yeah. Thank God, little things change here or there because it yeah it perks you up. It makes you go ooh, you know. And oh, for sure. Yeah. So you know, I think that's that's one of the things that I was most uh, proud of my kids for this year is that. They were very much actively listening on stage. Awesome, and that's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if I mean, even in conversation sometimes with people, how easy is it to zone out or to be thinking about what you're going to say that's next right. instead of listening to what they're saying? Yes. So, um, you know, these are these are skills that are going to help them um, improve as artists, mm-hmm. but also just help them improve as people. It's always the way, right? Yeah. Good art will always go to the individual. Absolutely. And anything good there can be harnessed for reality, real life, you know. Yes. I've always believed that. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of interesting how that all works. It's like it a is. puzzle. It all fits together. It is. I know people say, like, you know, what, what are we going to do about the world we live in? And my response is, we need more art. We need more theater. <laughs> Never have we needed more art than now. Yes. I really believe that. And I mean art in every facet. Um, art for living, believe it or not, uh, you know, for those that are out there listening, this little bitty radio program that we do twice a week uh, was born because I really think that we are barraged with so much negativity and fear and stress and, oh my, you know, what are we going to do, that my thought was to put a program together that highlighted what you can do, number one, Mm -hmm. and what's positive and what's possible without thinking about, you know, what's going to happen. Yeah. And we need more of that all over the place. (laughs) We do, absolutely. And one of the things that I tell my my students often is that, you know, to to perform, to create any work of art is an act of courage. Um, And so teaching them to be their most courageous selves. Absolutely. Got that one right on, hit that nail right on the head. (laughs) This is Jane Cormier. I am your host here at Art for Living, WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Yes, I do have to say that every single time. <laughs> and uh, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Don't forget, if there's any program on New Hampshire uh, talk radio you are interested in hearing, past, 
or current. You can go to that website and find it. So um, it's a great resource, especially if you have to miss a segment of what we do here at WKXL. And don't forget, we're rebranding WKXL into a health and wellness radio station, which is nothing but cool. So uh, keep, keep, keep tuned because we're going to have some really neat programming for you down the pike. All right, so we're with Kate Moat here from Founders Academy. She is an actually an English teacher, right? I am, yes. And that is that what your degree is in? Uh, so yeah, it is. It is in English. Um, I I grew up. Um, I'm a, I'm a second generation theater director, so I grew up in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, another one of my passions is um, English, and so. Those two have a nice, nice oh, meeting, yeah. of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. Um, so I enjoy teaching plays, especially because mm-hmm. you know I'll tell my students, "All right, we're we're going to get up, we're going to act this out." That's yeah. how drama is meant to be. Absolutely. So. so, so it's great. You you start with all of the guts of theater through the English, uh, you know, expertise, yes. and then you know the theater is just a natural conduit. Uh, the last segment we were talking about um, performance and. Uh, how this impacts not only regular folk in the world, but especially the youth that we work with. Mm. And uh, one of the things that you talked about was the skill building. We talked about how sometimes correction wasn't readily accepted. And for me, I, I noticed that a lot. Yeah. Even in you know the little school, I'm at St. John's Regional School right now, and I can even see it in this little school where I'm kind of new teaching this new group of kids. But um, yeah, so we were talking about that, but... Um, we then spoke a little bit about um, how if we make the environment more safe and they get to know each other and yes. they get to see it and, and how it works. Yes, it's culture building. Yeah, yeah, we can get that done. So I think that um, what I'd like to discuss is, especially in theater, I think people don't, if you're not in theater, why should you know this, right? Or performing arts in general. Uh, but in theater, there is certainly a layered uh, process mm-hmm. to skill building. Yes. Right. And and do you think of that specifically when you're working with kids? Yeah, I do. I think a large part of where that comes into play is um, the the play that we we select, mm-hmm. um, that I select. Um, thinking about what vehicle is going to get them to the skills that they need to mm-hmm. have. Um, and I think part of it is you know being able to identify the the strengths that you have as a as a troop, mm-hmm. and you know what are maybe some areas that we need to explore a little bit more, right? Um, and and a I, good a good director n- can figure that out yes. pretty quickly once you. Just, yes, yeah. It's really it's really a uh, it's a blessing and a curse uh, yeah. because you find yourself like watching, you know, people, um, yeah, you know, and a lot and being like, oh, I think they'd be really good at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, it just makes it all more hard, more difficult on your end when you have to put it all together because yeah. you're seeing all the holes that you could fill. But yeah. let's face it, you know, you can't fill them all. No. So you have to fill the ones that would best suit yeah. the student and or the production. Yeah, students have been already asking me. Um, we just we just wrapped up our production about, let's see, a little over a week ago, maybe two weeks. Um, and uh, students have already been asking me, what are we doing next? I know. And I, know. I love that enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm also, you know, very much about like this is 
a good point for me as a director to sort of explore, mm-hmm. you know, what are our next steps? Right. Um, you know, what what can we showcase? What can we stretch? Right. Um, and so. you have a good idea now who's involved and yes. new people that might be coming in or even people that are graduating out. But um, certainly when we were talking about layering, you did mention in the last segment, I think probably the most important beginning layer mm-hmm. upon which all the other layers, I think, depend is your active listening. Yes. And and for folks out in, in radio land, they might not know what that okay. actually means. What is that? So that's um, being in the moment and listening to what somebody is saying so that you can respond. So it's this idea of, um, you know, everything that you do on stage should have an intention behind mm-hmm. it and it's really a response to what's going on around you so it's some of that um that's that's like that first layer and then Absolutely. when we build on that we start to look at like what what is driving your character what do they want mm-hmm. what's in their way right how is this shifting as the scene is going on um so we really get into analyzing it um which some kids love right. as a kid i love that um and you know some of the, the more technically minded kids are like, oh, my gosh, there's so it's much kind of scary there. So much yeah. interpretation here. Yeah. Um, but uh, they have their own place. Too, sure. Absolutely. Um, where they can succeed, too. But and, but all of this is, like you said, skill building outside of the theater. Yes. I mean, I think anyone can agree that even in the workplace, yeah. active listening is yeah. so important you, that you're really listening to what they're saying so you can address it specifically without sort of a general, like you said, they're thinking about what they're going to make for dinner while like, right. while someone's talking to you. Uh, and that that's a habitual thing. I mean, you have to practice being an active listener. You do. And it's, it's about being grounded in the moment, in mm-hmm. the present. I think so. And this is true of myself, too, outside of, you know, my, my theater world that, you know, so often I'm thinking about what am I doing next? Right. What's coming up? Um, and not focusing on the very moment that mm-hmm. we're currently in. Because it's tricky. It's hard it is. to do it. And I think, too, I know I keep I keep talking about it, but I think part of it comes from um, sort of a pandemic living where I think, you know, kids are kids are on edge um, a you lot. You think coming out of the COVID? I think it's partly from that. Um, and, you know, the, they're being bombarded by news all the time mm-hmm. um, and negativity all the time. So right. I think, like, they're to be able to say like let's put all that aside for this moment and let's just listen let's just be here mm-hmm. i think is a good challenge for them it's a challenge for all of us and it's healthy yes it is <laughs> you know to be able to give yourself permission to let it go yeah so that i just have to i could just be here and play yeah. especially for youth is so important yeah absolutely and i think a lot of the times too when they're doing that and they're actively listening um, they're they're really able to tap into mm-hmm. some of their own emotions that maybe they don't normally feel comfortable expressing or even understand they're there. Right, <laughs> right. But if if I'm a character and my character is sad, then I can explore that sadness right. in a way that is a little bit safer Absolutely. than exploring my own personal sadness. And it feeds one into the other, which right. is great. I mean, you know, the truth is, is the more authentic. You can be as the character. And how do you get to authentic? Well, you start with being in the moment. Yeah. That's a huge part of it. Yeah. Um, they can really start to trust that, you know, obviously if you're playing a serial, ki- serial killer, <laughs> right, you're not going to be able to draw on that. So yeah. what do you draw on? You right. have to find another vein to tap. Exactly. To be able to make that authentic, you know. To yeah, and honest. that comes to really 
um, analyzing your character mm-hmm. and, like I said, like what are their goals? Uh, what are they going to be doing mm-hmm. to to meet those goals? Mm-hmm. What are they willing to do? That that kind of goes to your your um, serial killer yeah. point. What are they willing to do to be able to meet that goal? Right. Versus you know like taking down their obstacles in their path. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so it's so great. Really, how all of the arts. I mean, I mean, theater, singing, dance, fine arts, um, just allow you as the person to be able to. Give yourself permission to let it, to let all that stuff go. Well, you know what, Jane? It's really exploring humanity. Mm. Um, a lot of what we're talking about here is yeah. has to do with this value of humanity. And if if you recognize that there's a, there's a human sitting in front of you, mm-hmm. then you realize it's worth listening to. Absolutely. And so I think a large part of it is um, we're teaching them, you know, what it means to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think those are some really crucial skills mm-hmm. for them to be able to thrive. Well, we're, we're, they're certainly not going to get that skill on social media and going text, 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 tap, 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 tap. You know, I mean, they're certainly not going to get it when they are um, have, have people that they're exposed to that they don't really know, mm-hmm. but they're their friend, right? I mean, that's not regular human interaction. Right. And so they have to be allowed, I think, youth and people. This isn't just kids. This is perfectly, you know, adults that are having these same issues uh, and unable to meet truthfully what's happening in their life because they're not participatory in it. Yeah. That being on that that uh, black box that you hold in your hand mm-hmm. is not. Yeah. That's not participatory. Well, and that's like there's I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a place for social oh, media. Sure, I use it a lot for advertising. Yeah, um, but I agree. like that's not real Absolutely. life. <laughs> it's not real life. But how much are these kids thinking yes. this is real life? Sure. And that is true. I mean, yeah. I, I I have a love-hate relationship with this thing. Yep. Of course, you have to admit it's a great, great, you know, invention. Yeah. But it so easily can go wrong. Right. And it needs to be respected. That needs to be respected. Right. And how can we connect with people yeah. authentically? We cannot let that go. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, this is Art for Living. Jane Cormier, your host here, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, and of course, 101.9 FM in Manchester. And we'll take a little break here and come right back. Welcome back. Jane Cormier here, your host for Artful Living, WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. Also, don't forget NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. And our guest today is Kate Moat from Founders Academy. Uh, she's a gal who teaches English, but really I think her love, or one of her big loves anyway, uh, is in theater and bringing theater to our youth. Yes. Um, and we've been spending time do- talking about that. Um, quick question for you. Mm. Um, if you had, let's say, all the money you needed. Oof. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> no. I, but, but I don't mean for yourself. Yes. If you had all the money you needed, what would you do within your theater within your theater background? Like, what would you do with that? So um, I, what I would love to do is to have more tools for students to create. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we... Something exciting this year. Um, student, my students did win an award at festival. Yay! Um, for props design. Really. Um, and what we've been able to do is um, collaborate with computer sciences in terms of doing three D 
prop printing. My goodness, um, really? Which, how does yeah. that even work? I've always wondered yeah. how that works. So um, I, I don't know all of the specifics yet. <laughs> it's one of my summer goals is to really thoroughly understand the 3D printing process. Okay. But um, they've learned it and they've taken classes on it. And so I'm able to say, um, you know, I need a teacup for a show because I don't want to bring a real glass, okay. you know, China teacup um, that could be breakable. <clears throat> and so um, they'll find the design and then they program it and it will print it out of nothing, um, which, I mean, it's not nothing. It's out of filament, but it seems like it's coming well, out what of is it? Co- what is it made of? So it's made out of plastic then, essentially, um, that is printing it. And it's it. like a cup. Yeah. Yeah, wow. I should have brought it with me. That show is you. odd. It is, but it looks um, authentic. Um, and so oh my goodness, what's that- really cool then, Jane, <laughs> is that means, you know, you know, I love to do all those historical shows, yes, right? Yes. So those props for historical shows can be hard to source. Oh, my gosh. And, and when you do source them, they may not be in the best condition. Yeah. So this allows them to really create a prop um, just based and on their imagination. And they did this for the show? They did. Wow. And, you know, cool. we, we, we want to do this more um, next year. Is it year. expensive? It's actually not that expensive. Um, I think. I've heard about this. So, this is the first time I've yeah. had anyone talk about it. Yeah. So, this, so, they actually design it, put mm-hmm. it through the process of a computer, yep. and print it. In a 3D, whatever it is you're looking yeah. for. Yeah. Um, and oh there are different gosh. there are different mediums, too, um, that I haven't even fully um, explored yet. But the one we used was obviously just, you know, like a hard plastic yeah. to use on the stage. Um, another thing that they designed was um, a cane topper that had, like, the claw that comes really? up. Really? Um, and so they designed that, and they got it printed, and then we were able to, like, paint oh it and construct it. So I think, you know, that's really interesting way um, to reach those tech kids that I was oh, talking God, about yes. earlier yeah. um, but to teach them like creative problem solving totally, and yeah. um, you know how do you paint something so that it looks like glass like having them think through that process yeah. um, and that's something that I would love to do more of um, very cool same thing with costuming you know I've had students in the past who have made our costumes so I think having those tools and the setup and space to be able to like really let them loose in that creative sense. Wow. Um, and there's so much to be learned too in doing the tech aspect with like, you know, I tried this. It didn't work out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do I learn from this and what do I do next? Right. You know, <clears throat> That's was, a whole puzzle, a whole different puzzle. Yes. I was just talking to my class about, <clears throat> sorry, okay. about um, like we need to teach kids how that it's okay to fail oh, yeah. at things. Absolutely. Um, and then to to come back from it and yes. keep trying. Because I uh, think there's so much um, an attitude of like, I tried, I failed. Yeah. Um, but that you know. is what actually develops courage. Yes. You do not come out. I tell my kids all that you, you do not come out of the womb <laughs> courageous. No. No one does. No. You have to use the process and you don't get to that point. Unless you're willing to risk the failure. Yes. Because we are all going to fail. Yeah. (laughs) And the key is to not give up. Right. But when you consistently build that character of a a young person with the ability to keep trying, when it falls flat, you get up and you do it again. At some point, they are going to have success. And therein lies their lifelong adaptation to 
risk of a, a good way, a yeah. good risk. No, for sure. I think obviously when we're talking about risk, we're talking about like safe risk. Yes, of course. Um, but, you know, I one of my favorite theater companies um, is the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center. Um, and they um, workshop new plays. Mm. And their motto was risk, fail, risk again. Of course. And there's so much of that that's so true to what we do, which yeah. is even for the actors. You, know, you get up on stage, mm-hmm. you try the scene. Yeah. Something didn't work. Right. I mean, how many times have you been in rehearsal where it's like, no, that's, yeah. that's not. <laughs> that's do not it the again. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but that it's okay to do that. Of course. Um, and there always comes a point in my rehearsal process where I even tell my actors, like, I, I want you to show me something new on stage you know now that you know your character now that you know the basics of what i want the scene to look like mm-hmm. try something new right because i can always tell you mm, that didn't work yeah but maybe you have a great idea and maybe it will and maybe it will yeah um and maybe that won't work but it'll give you an idea for something that will work absolutely later on so absolutely um i think you know there's so many times when i've done tech work for theater that my first um prototype of things does not work out the way I want it to. Sure. So then it's saying, okay, well then, what do we do next? Yeah. yeah. I, what you going to do with that? You know, I, I at St. John's, uh, they did not have uh, the, the new school I work at. So they didn't have music for a couple of years, I guess, mm. or at least a year. And when I came in and started teaching the kids, um, I saw, I guess it must, must have been a little bit like the COVID mm-hmm. era things, you know, such a fear. Yes. That, you know, oh, if they sing, they might be heard, right? What if someone hears me? Every single week I go in and I have to fight through with most of them, not all, but most of the students, the fact that I don't care if you're wrong. Who cares if you're wrong? I would rather hear the big, fat, loud mistake than the quiet, passive, hiding mistake. Because we can't correct the ones we don't hear. Mm-hmm. We can't correct those mistakes. And once they start figuring out that it's okay if they make the mistake, and, and sometimes I'll go out of my way to, like, stop stop a class. Let's say something's, like, really off, right? Mm. I'll actually stop the class and say, guys, that was awesome. Do you know why? And they'll look at me like I'm crazy. I mean, because they're <laughs> going, you know, where's she going with this, right? Mm-hmm. And I tell them, look, at you showed me exactly where we need to practice this. Yeah. And if you had not done this, we would have wasted this time Yeah, that we need. We have very short time. We're doing a big concert in May, hmm. which is really new for them. And music singing, right? So uh, every minute has to be given to them to help them succeed, right? That's the whole goal. Yeah. To succeed to where they like what they did. And uh, you should have seen. I could just see on their faces trying to <laughs> measure what I was saying mm-hmm. because, oh, we made that horrible mistake. But she's saying it was good. And then when we went and re- went over that section again and again, when we f- when we fixed what needed to be fixed, you could see yeah. that they knew they earned it. Yeah. You cannot fake that. No, you can't. You and I, I, that's, that's just the beautiful, you know, um, result of theater. Of, really. of, of performing. Yes. Right. Performing arts. Yeah. All the way around. Absolutely true. It's also, I think, the most gratifying in some ways. Yes, for sure. And I think it it's it's a step towards really empowering them 
to know themselves as artists. Yes. Um, and as people. Yes. Um, that's exactly it. To trust themselves, yep. too, right? <laughs> um, there will come a point with my, some of my actors are, are older or they've been with my program for a while where um, I will ask them, like, does that feel like the right choice for your character? Mm-hmm. Because they'll actually be able to analyze it and answer me. And they might say, actually, I think I'd like to try it this way. Yeah. And we will. We'll try it that way. Yeah. Um, doesn't mean that they'll, that's what we'll go with. Right. But, but no, they get to try. Exactly. And that's the key. Right. You know, that's awesome. So do you have any ideas what you might do next year? I do. Um, and I'm, I'm still letting myself explore uh-huh. script reading. I think I'm actually going to be, um, you know, having regular meetings with kids after school just to read scripts, just really? to read a that's variety cool. of types of scripts. Okay. Um, I don't normally let I don't let students pick the script. I feel like that's my choice as a director. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm going to navigate them the best they can yeah. but I'm looking at maybe writing my own script for next year oh how cool is that yeah yeah that's fun that, yeah. I actually have done that before in the in a in a musical way yeah uh, but yeah it's a lot of fun if the story you <laughs> want to tell isn't out there then it's, you gotta write it yourself write yourself there you go you could do that <laughs> This is Art for Living. Jane Cormier, your host. Our guest today is Kate Moat from Founders Academy. WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. We're taking a little break, and we are going to come right back. Welcome back to Art for Living. Jane Cormier, your host here. On WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord and 101.9 FM in Manchester, NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. And we've been having a great conversation with Kate Moat from the Founders Academy, theater teacher extraordinaire. And uh, actually, I have some questions because I, I absolutely know um, that I have a deficit within regard to tech, tech theater. Yeah. Right. Um, although I did take a couple of, you know, courses in, in, in college, I'm much more adept at directing than I am. Sure. The tech acts aspect. And I've always wondered the um, the computerizing because when I started. Mm-hmm. Right. We had of course we had light boards, but we didn't have all of this other LED stuff. Yeah. You know, and I was pretty good at light board, you know, when you had like. 10 channels yep. and, you know, I could do the spot. You know, the remember the old big spots yep. where you would have to get up there? Yes. People out there are laughing if they've done any theater. <laughs> you know, those old spots where they crinkle. I used to hate the sound of it, you know. You'd get behind it and it would go, like this. Yep. So you'd be wet. Like, did I, are they hearing this? I don't want to disturb the show. And then you'd have to get the little... Uh, you know, the light shut down to the smallest part and then open it up right. so that you could widen the spot. I was good at all that stuff. I felt competent. Then, you know, the like 50 to 150 yeah. light board with LED lights yeah. came on the scene and I totally... It's a huge <laughs> learning curve. <laughs> yeah, one I didn't make. <laughs> so, you know, did you do the... Are you too young that you did the any of that old time stuff to the new stuff? No, I I, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and when I was younger, I, um, I I would have worked with with some of that. And also, you know, um, you know, small budget. Yeah, you sure. tend to work with like older yeah. um, technology. Um, so some of the new technology, there definitely is, you know, a bit of a, <laughs> a barrier there. But what's fascinating is how quickly my students pick it up. Oh, they're all technically they are. Yeah, they are, and that's one area that. Um, 
it's been really great to sort of collaborate with them on. Yeah. Um, so that I can say like, hey, this is what I want for lighting. And then they can like play around with it a really? little bit. Um, really? And I can I can have that trust in them, which I think makes them, you know, empowers them yep. and helps them feel more confident too. Um, but, you know, tech is always pushing us. Yeah. Um, and so it's finding a way to to use the tech that best serves the story. Right. It's really tempting to be like, you know, what can I do that's going to be like using all the bells and whistles? Yeah, would it, um, it should be fun to be able to do that. Yeah. I don't think I, I was ever averse enough to do that. I can remember the old days. I mean, I'm really dating myself. And again, the folks out there that are old, like older like me and they're remembering this, when you had sandbags that handled the, the curtains, mm-hmm. right? So you had sandbags that were out to the wings in the back of a, of a stage area, and you would pull a curtain, and the, the, the bags mm-hmm. would move, whether they were the middle curtains, you know, the back curtains or the front curtains, right? It was all sandbagged waiting. Mm-hmm. Or even, I believe, um, bars. I think that there were even some, what do they call them, the, the bars you hang lights on there. Um, yeah. I know what you're thinking of. Yeah. Rigging? The, yeah, like the rigging, yes. Yeah. So I can remember then in one show we did at the com- at the community Audi, the Audi, um, I think it was a, it was an opera that we were doing, <laughs> Lucia di Lamamore, mm. when, when two of the sandbags broke. Oh, no. No kidding. And we were, like, people were out in the house and they were, have you never seen a sandbag break? Let me tell you. <laughs> It's like a fog machine on steroids. Yeah. Okay, because the sand goes and slowly spreads its way across the stage as, you know, as the whole bag is, you know, deposited on the floor. Right. And there were people that actually thought that that was like part of the mad scene. Oh. That that fog thing was part of the scene. Horrible for singing. I mean, I can't tell you, you know, because you're sucking in all this air. Right. And you know, you know, there's there's stuff in it. Oh, Whenever I think old tech to new tech, mm-hmm. I always think of that because you know what? Nowadays, you would never have to worry about that ever happening. No, you know, so it's, it's so there's a there is a plus to it. There is for <laughs> sure. Um, and you know, I think what's interesting is I just went to. Um, we, I took a group of students to the state festival. We didn't perform, but I brought students there so they could see more plays. Cool. Um, and it was fascinating to see um, some schools using sort of like, I'm going to use the term old school, but like old school um, ways of like creating puppetry. Oh, cool. Which, um, you know, I yeah, I think it's, a, it's all about balance, right? So right. like... I've used projections in my shows before. Yes. yes. Um, but thinking about like what are what other ways have people done things and like maybe maybe your your scene is created with the use of puppets. Yeah, they um, did that, huh? They and the, and the students had That's like designed cool. their own puppets for that, which I think was fascinating. Yeah. So we're not talking about like you know, yeah, necessarily like sock puppets. We're yeah, yeah. Like you know, <laughs> these large, almost think like Lion King musical sort of like puppets Puppet. that wow. are being you know moved around. So very cool. That's based on you know, um, you know, the. Um, Asian culture of like puppetry mm-hmm. and theater, and mm-hmm. um, it's rooted deeply in that, and it's old school in that sure. sense. Um, but yeah, you know, technology that's that's old in that way, ways of doing things that are old can become new. Um, so it's it's applying those skills in maybe a different way, um, and it must be always changing. Do it you is. Find, is it 
It so is. the so the theater, the tech part of theater, how was that manifesting? Yeah, so um, I would say you know right now, as you, I think you mentioned, LEDs are like the yeah. the thing, yeah. um, and like being able to pre-program them is like movers is a big piece of it. Um, of course, you know where where I'm at, founders, we we don't have that. Um, yeah. We have a very straightforward lighting system, yeah. but I think it comes down to you know what what do you have. And what can you? How can you use it most effectively? Right to meet the needs of the story. Correct. Um, it's really easy to get like caught up in like the cool things you could do, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to step back and say, "What's going to best serve the story right. itself? What can we do that will work here?" And don't get me wrong, there are some shows that are like, yes, include all of the wild, crazy tech mm-hmm. you can imagine. <laughs> right. Um, but there's also something to be said about. A simple show done well. Absolutely. That will never go out, no. out of style. No, it ever, won't. Ever, ever. So, because that's really the, the, the most concentrated theater in some ways, I think. Yeah. Less sometimes is more. Yeah. I know. So it's very interesting. The, um, the tech that you talked about projections. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm really conflicted about that. Sure. Because I go to the Met uh, recently with productions that I'm seeing are heavily using projection. Yeah. Where in the past it wasn't. It yeah. was, you know, artisan 3D, you know, big sets moving yep. around and uh, hydraulic stage movement. Yep. It's much less money. True. It's kind of, I suppose you could say it serves the purpose and it could be pretty and intricate and all that stuff or whatever you need it to be. But I'm wondering if if we're losing us something with that. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I can see a few of the reasons why people might be driven to projections. One is that I don't think I've met a single theater director who didn't say that storage was one of their major issues okay. yeah. and challenges. Um, but I think personally, what I think makes projections most effective is when you're using layers. And that's actually my approach to even costuming, too, mm-hmm. which is like add layers to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just one dimensional. Yeah. Um, you know, you have like a really pretty scene, but then you have something coming forward, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has to do with, you know, what makes a performance visually appealing right. to an audience. And dimension is important. It is. You know? Yeah. Folks don't know that when they're watching it, but it, it's, it gives focal point. It gives, yeah. it gives attention focal point on the stage without a doubt. Yeah, and I think, you know, Dimension, we talk about it in different ways, right? We talk about it in terms of what does your set look like? You know, what does the lighting look like? Mm-hmm. But also what are your, your actions on stage look like? Because that's going to also lend itself to Dimension. Right. It's all connected, huh? It is, absolutely. Isn't that the truth with everything? Yeah. You know, that's that's worthy. It's all connected. Yeah. So um, you said that if you had that, if you had that, uh, all the money in the world, you would buy tools. That seems pretty pretty easy to do i'm talking all the money in the world would you ever want to yeah. open a theater would you ever want to oh, open a, a company um i would and actually one of the things that i that i am most interested in is i would love to do like a young playwrights circle oh cool um for students to workshop new plays um to give them that space to to, um, to work their stuff. Yeah, exactly. To to write something new, to see how it lands, and um, give them the space, the platform to be able to do that. Oh, my gosh. That would be so awesome. Yeah. You know? I mean, wow. I have never thought of it that way before, but a, a playwright group. Yes. To learn the skill of playwriting Yeah, because we need more playwrights. Totally. We totally yeah. do. 
Absolutely. And there are, there are new stories that need to be told. Yeah. Um, so, you know, empowering them to to be their own storytellers. Do you think that students are going out to that? Or do you think that yeah. it's a, a lose, it's losing its... No, I think that... Um, I, th- I think I see students that are very interested in it. Cool. Um, which I love to see. Um, okay. And, you know, I'm teaching a creative writing class right now. And one of the units that I want us to do is, you know, how to write a play. Right. Um, even a short scene. Um, so I think, you know, that's one of the ways in which we can help students be well-rounded. Yeah. Because if they understand the thought that goes into creating and crafting mm-hmm. a play – then they'll know how to better respond to it as an actor. Oh my gosh, absolutely. And even in take away the acting thing, it's it's a three-dimensional experience. Yeah. You know, building a play, it's not just a story, right? It's right. actively three-dimensional. Right. And it it's changes awesome. as it goes on. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. Well, Kate, thank you for being with us today. It's yes. been a great conversation. It always whizzes by very quickly. I know. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> no, no, it's a pleasure. Art for Living, Jane Cormier, your host here, and thanks for joining us here on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, and 101.9 FM in Manchester. You can catch all of our programming at NewHampshireTalkRadio.com. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>